1: Yes,
2: welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. A little Money Monday action with our own Lindsay Crosby of Locked On MLB Prospects. How are you, my friend?
0: Hey, I'm doing great. Um, had a great weekend in Auburn, so excited to talk about it today.
2: Yeah, uh, crazy, crazy weekend, and obviously it was highlighted by Auburn basketball positioning themselves, Lindsay, to be the number one team in all of college basketball once the polls come out later today. And a lot of you listening, it'll already be up. But it seems like even, you know, the naysayers, the folks like Jesse Newell who were holding Auburn back from that number one ranking, they all kind of have nodded and said on Twitter, it's like, all right, I think it's time. I think it's time for Auburn basketball to pass Gonzaga and be the number one team in the country. 80-71, to 71, and Lindsay... You know, Auburn, it was an incredible environment, a lot of energy. But that first half, I almost think they got a little too up for the game. And I think at halftime, they kind of caught their breath. And then what they did in the second half against a very, very good Kentucky Wildcats basketball team was incredible. Outscoring them 51 to 38 and really made it where we all could relax for the last four or five minutes of the contest. It was an incredible performance by these guys.
0: I honestly did not expect to be able to just kind of sit back and soak in that we were going to win the game, especially after that first little bit, like you said, but uh, the fight that Auburn had and, and really the complete game that Auburn had. So like, if you go and you look at Kentucky's performance, a lot of stuff, um, Oscar Tashibwe, we know he's like the, one of the most dominant players in basketball. And he had, he had 14 rebounds, but, the other 9 players that played for Kentucky only had 8. He had 14 of their 26. And then you go back and you look at Auburn and Auburn got contributions from everybody. Mm-hmm. And and were there moments where Walker Kessler was unstoppable, you know, down low. I don't know it. Yes. For some reason they couldn't play the pick and roll. They couldn't switch off and, you know, cover Walker Kessler. Jabari Smith hitting key shots at key moments. Didn't have an amazing game on the stat sheet, but definitely like Uh, came in and and did the things he needed to do. And so, you know, Jalen Williams off the bench with seven points, just a complete overall team effort. We saw which team had more depth. We saw which team was more complete top to bottom. And Auburn not only won, they covered because good teams win.
2: Great teams cover, courtesy of our friends at
0: uh, at betonline.ag.
2: Yeah, you're totally right. And I'm glad you mentioned Jalen Williams. To me, there were two unsung heroes in all of this. And if you listen to our broadcast for After the Game Basketball on ESPN 106.7, I put it in the uh, the audio version of the Locked on Auburn podcast feed as well. But two unsung heroes for Auburn, in my mind. You mentioned Jalen Williams. Those seven points came in just 10 minutes. He made both of his shots, and he he got to the free throw line um, for about of three because they fouled him as he was shooting, uh, shooting from deep there, which I'm a little surprised they called it, if I'm being honest with you. But across 10 minutes... Scored seven points. It was very uh, effective on the defensive side of the court. I'm honestly surprised they didn't play him more than that. I think we need to see more Jalen Williams in situations like that. Because in the first half, the other unsung hero in my mind, Zepp Jasper. Zepp was the only guy I really trusted with the basketball as far as bringing the basketball down the floor because Kentucky was using their athleticism and length and size and Auburn was turning it over a ton. There was three straight possessions where they turned it over. You know, and Dylan Cardwell, I, I you know, he, he turned into Austin Wiley out there as far as you know, not being able to catch the basketball. But you know, I think you know he's an emotional player. I think he was just so jacked up, and he offered a lot on the defensive side of the floor. But man, Zep was incredible to me. And you look at Zep and Jalen Williams; they're the older guys on the on the team and the locker room. They're the leaders of this group as far as age is concerned. And both of those guys stepped up when you needed them most. Zep's line was not impressive. He shot it once. He made one field goal attempt. So, it was one for one for two points. He didn't get to the free throw line. But, uh, you know, just three assists. He had one rebound. But he played 17 minutes, Lindsey. And he had a plus minus of plus 17. That was best in the entire contest. He played 17 minutes plus 17 Auburn clearly a better team when he is on the floor.
0: Yeah, and uh, shout-out to friend of the pod, Justin Ferguson, with the Auburn Observer. He had a great uh, newsletter come out, I think it was Sunday morning, recapping the game, and he mentioned that in there. He talked about uh, Cambridge was plus 9 in 12 minutes, uh, and Williams was plus 5 in 10 minutes, and it was something where even when we didn't have the key guys on the floor, like we didn't have um, – Jabari Smith on the floor. We had a lineup in the second half without Jabari Smith and without Katie Johnson, and we still ha- were plus five. Unreal. And so Unreal. It's just, I mean, if you told me, yeah, you can take Jabari Smith out, take Katie Johnson out, you know, who arguably are two of the three best scorers on the team on a right. consistent basis, yep. and we're still going to score more points than the Kentucky Wildcats, uh, it's wild. And <laughs> I saw a lot of stuff. On Twitter, I was a bit disappointed. I was really looking forward to seeing some of the conversation after the game, and a lot of Kentucky fans had a lot of—they um, were in their feelings about like, oh well, well, you know, when we don't have Ty Ty Washington, and and uh, I believe the other-
2: I believe the term you're looking for is they were big mad.
0: They were big mad. They were. I did not listen. I cooked so much food this weekend. I did not have to salt a single thing I cooked because there was so much around from Kentucky fans.
2: But it is important to note for people listening that are unfamiliar with our, our back and forth on the morning show that we used to do together. Um, you have nine different types of salts.
0: I have a lot of salt. Yes. Did not need to use any of them because I had so much salt from Kentucky. Right. Uh, but they were saying that, you know, Ty Ty being out of the game early. And then, um, they had, I believe they actually had a, uh, I think they're called little people, a, 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 but they had a short person playing for them as well, who left twice. Um, And it was something where like they said, oh, if we have those guys back, we are at full strength and we win this game. And I'm like, that's not how it works. You are a complete team or you're not a complete team. And what you're telling me is Kentucky is not a complete team. Auburn is. Because even when Auburn takes out Jabari Smith, takes out Katie Johnson, they still win the rotation. They still win. Why can't I think of his name? Who? He's like he's like the point guard for Kentucky. It's like five, nine, like the, the the little guy. Uh, Wheeler? Walker Kessler. Yes. Wheeler, Walker Kessler did him wrong by apparently trying to play basketball in front of him. Like twice.
2: Yeah. I, I said, yeah. I said this quote and a few people tweeted at me. Um, but I said this for after the game, um, as I said, that that screen was the largest screen I've seen since I stepped foot in an IMAX a few years ago. I mean, what Kessler did to that dude was totally legal, but there was no controversy about it whatsoever. It's just like, man,
0: you've got to have your head up. You have to have your head up if you're going to be playing that aggressive. Walker Kessler is just like a foot and a half taller than he is. And I'm not, I'm not joking when I say Walker Kessler is almost a foot and a half taller than him. He's like 5'9". So... Uh, he comes up to Walker Kessler's elbow. Walker Kessler did everything legal that was not, should not have been a penalty. The fact that one of those was reviewed for a flagrant drove me nuts Yeah, because legal plays. It's just when you have a player that is so large, like Walker Kessler and physically, you know, his is imposing his will physically. It looks like he's doing something wrong. Right. And in that case, he was not, he just was playing basketball and Kentucky should find taller players.
2: Uh, yeah, sure. I think that's totally fine. But from an Auburn perspective, I think we can all agree we don't need to nitpick the officiating. I think it was, <laughs> I think it was fine. I think it was totally okay. What was the free throw? Per- it was, um, Kentucky shot ten free throws. Auburn shot twenty nine. Yeah. So. And how about Auburn finally hitting some free throws? 24 of 29, good for over 82% from the charity stripe. That's been a big- 85.7, yeah. Yeah. That's been a big weakness of this basketball team. And as
0: your mother likes to say,
2: free is in the name. You should make them because free is literally literally in the name.
0: They're literally free. My mother-in-law makes this point every time we watch basketball together. She says they're free. You should make them all. Right. So 85%, we'll take it
2: yeah so Auburn takes on a Missouri team that I don't think is very good. They've got some decent wins, but this should be you know not as bad as Auburn versus georgia, and you know you you know you have the travel element in all of this as well, but Auburn should be fine against Missouri this week the The games that I have circled left on the schedule for the Tigers, Lindsay are going to Gainesville. Hmm. I'm not too concerned about Oklahoma this Saturday, and then hosting Alabama because you know they're going to want to put everything into that one. So th- those are the two big ones for me that I'm like, okay. Because, you know, when you play Arkansas, it's which Arkansas team are you going to get? I mean, if you get the Arkansas team that's clicking, um, then, yeah, obviously that's a concern. But, um, I, you know, I just think with the way this conference is, you can bet on every team to be inconsistent with the exception of Kentucky and Auburn. And Auburn's got Kentucky done. And the fact that uh, that Auburn is now a two-point, or they're two games ahead in the standings for the conference, it's like, goodness gracious. We're, it's incredible how good of a situation we're in today.
0: I don't think they're a great team, but I do worry a little bit about going to Tennessee. Sure simply because of the history Bruce Pearl has there. And they do get up for that game a lot more than other games on their schedule. But so Bruce, that's probably the third
2: Bruce, one. let's be honest here. Bruce owns Tennessee. Like he's the mayor of Knoxville at this point.
0: He actually, so funny story, Bruce's um, car. I had a chance to see Bruce out. His wife owns the Grove Barkin over there. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, Mill. And so I saw him getting out of his car one time and, uh, the, the registration, everything for the car is actually paid for by the city of Knoxville because it's one of the rights that he gets as a uh, public official, as the mayor of Knoxville, as There he it receives is. a complimentary vehicle.
2: I was wondering where so, the joke was going. Got it.
0: Yeah, that was, uh, I so, thought I thought that was cool that they took care of their mayor like that. Even it it took not a second for there. you to get
2: there. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, even when Auburn had like its worst season in the last several years last year, like they still found a way to beat Tennessee. So Whatever. You know what I'm saying. All right. Uh, Today's show is brought to you by our friends at GetUpside. GetUpside is an incredible app, which anyone out there that buys gas, they need to know about GetUpside. Folks using this app are getting up to 25 cents per gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in your phone's app store and use promo code SCORE, and you will get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That is 50 cents cash back are you kidding me so once again use promo code SCORE when you download the app a lot of folks in Locked On Auburn Discord are using it I'm using it saving money every time I fill up so download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SCORE
1: the NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Lindsey Crosby, let's turn our focus now on what's going on with Auburn football because I think it's incredibly interesting. So it's, it's official that Auburn and Derek Mason are no longer there. At the time of us recording, and it is not official where Derek Mason will be. It certainly seems like it will be Oklahoma State. But there has not been an official announcement, to my knowledge, that that has happened yet. But Auburn, over the weekend, put out an email and a press release. Auburn football announces defensive staff changes, so everything there is finalized. Um, The verbiage that they use is Derek Mason is stepping down from his position as defensive coordinator. So Jeff Schmetting gets promoted from linebackers coach um, to defensive coordinator. Cornerbacks coach Zach Gethbridge will take over coaching Auburn secondary and serve as recruiting coordinator. Burt Watts, your favorite, will continue coaching special teams and coach edge linebackers while adding the title of associate head coach. And then um, Jimmy Brumbaugh has taken over the former Auburn SEC defensive lineman, all SEC defensive lineman. He's been hired as a defensive line coach. And then Auburn went out and got Christian Robinson, who was a linebackers coach for the last several years at Florida. So kind of getting some more SEC names in this while losing probably the biggest SEC name with Derek Mason, but um, Auburn fans are kind of all over the place on this one. I don't think this is a good thing.
0: Yeah, so you bring in a coach, you know, and you bring in a coach from outside the SEC who, except for one year at Arkansas State, has pretty much exclusively been at Boise. Mm-hmm. Uh, you bring him in, and some of his lower, I'm going to call them lower level coaches come in, Jeff Schmetting Brad Bedell, he brings on Eric Kiesel as an analyst. And so the concern among the fan base is these guys don't have a lot of experience with the SEC. So you turn around and you hire two coordinators, Mike Bobo and Derek Mason with extensive history in the SEC, as well as you ensure that some of the other low-level staffer spots uh, are filled by SEC veterans, Zach Etheridge, Cadillac, Cornelius Williams, Will Friend, things like that. Well, as of now, Bobo is gone. Mason is gone. Uh, Cornelius Williams famously four weeks into the season was gone. Wild. Uh, you, you still have Cadillac. Um, hopefully he doesn't go anywhere for a long time. You have Zach Etheridge. Uh, I believe as of now, we still have Will Friend. I think some people have a question whether or not he's going to go somewhere else because he was close with Mike Bobo. But as of now, you have Will Friend. Uh, please go somewhere else. And then you have... I'm
2: not supposed to say that. My bad.
0: Yeah. Now it's just one of those... Okay, so side note. People said will friend is a good coach because at tennessee he recruited good players the good offensive linemen those offensive linemen never got any better at tennessee i feel like he recruited five stars and then they never hit their potential but at auburn he also has not recruited the five stars so if you're not doing the recruiting and you're not doing the development what exactly would you say it is your job is yeah what what are you doing what are you doing? What, right. What are you, why are you, why are you here? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, so now we have Schmetty and Kiesel and Bedell and they all have a year in the SEC now. So right. I think there's a way to look at this and say, if our only concern, we're comfortable with the scheme, fundamentally the scheme that we're trying to run. And we just wanted guys who are familiar with the conference to help in recruiting. You could spin this and say that, well, that big weakness of your staff has been mitigated. Um, I think that's a little bit of, of trying to paint a rosy picture of it. This is not a great look to lose both coordinators within one year, or I guess in Mason's case, 13 months, of your hire when your cha- when your job is to rebuild this program back to contending yeah. for the SEC. And, oh, by the way, across the way is Alabama, who we can all agree is the greatest modern football dynasty. And so this is not a good look and this is awkward. And I think that fundamentally this changes nothing about 2022 because Hartson still has to win. This doesn't make it any easier to win. This makes it harder to win. Oh, I'd say, I, I think, I, th- I think,
2: I think you, I, I don't think the fan base would have been happy with six and six, but if you go six and six, you're done with the way this all looks, especially yeah. if the defense is not as good. Now it should be. With the amount of guys coming mm-hmm. back, but you just look at the success as far as retaining players on the defensive side of the ball, and then you know on the offensive side of things, it just seems like things are getting worse. And so the you know, where all the defensive guys coming back are they are they enamored with Harson or with Derek Mason, or do they just like being at Auburn? I mean, there's a million different factors that go into that decision. Or are they like, okay, you know, if I have another season, you know, I'm, maybe I get drafted two, two rounds earlier and make, you know, X amount of dollars more. There's a million factors that go into this. But you got to think who you're playing for and who your coordinator is and who your position coach is are some of the factors that are kind of listed closer to the top. So that's an interesting dynamic of it all. But also, mm-hmm. Lindsay, just hearing from folks and talking to folks kind of close to the situation to me, reading between the lines here, and this is all just kind of me piecing together things, you know, nuggets that I've been given. But it sounds like Derek Mason was the coach that really understood the importance of NIL more than any other coach there. Um, With, you know, guys coming up to him at the end of the season thinking about leaving. And, you know, because you know, possibly they can make more money somewhere else. And then realizing that, you know, they weren't being taken care of at Auburn. And then making sure that player gets taken care of. And then a few days later, they tweet out that they're staying. And then just kind of, it sounds like conversations happen within the coaching staff of why was everyone not taken care of? This is like, this is important. NIL is important. And then two weeks later, he, you know, Smoke is emerging that he's leaving. And so that is the biggest issue to me. That it, I hope, I hope it's all exaggeration. But if Harson does not understand the importance of NIL, this is going to be very bad. Not just for 2022, but for the recruiting classes and player retention and everything that goes along with that. They've got to figure out NIL this... The implementation and the formation of NIL Auburn is huge. I think it's a great, great idea where fans can get involved with helping Auburn become, you know, one of the most competitive athletic departments in, in the country. And I think they've nailed it with basketball based on what, based on my understanding, I think they are knocking it out of the park with, with basketball. I think they're knocking it out of the park with Auburn baseball. And so, you know, you just need one more step there. You need one more step. And that ultimately starts at the top, but you know, it, it, they've got to get this figured out. They've got to get it figured out quickly. Um, and I believe that he can do that because Harson's obsessed with winning. He's obsessed with it. And so he's going to figure it out at some point. I just hope it's like last week. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. If you are, whenever I see a, a- a tweet or a column or an article talking about a coach complaining about NIL or complaining about the portal or complaining about the ways that modern college football works, I kind of mentally write that coach off as they're not going to work out because you have to 100% fully embrace and dive into all of these things. The transfer portal, NIL, re-recruiting your players because they get a free transfer, uh, the extra COVID year, getting guys that you need to come back, getting them to come back, and other guys who you don't necessarily need, letting them go and not use that COVID year. And the reports that I've heard, like you said, it's I'm worried that they are not embracing NIL to the level that they need to. Uh, there is time to fix it. Sometimes all you need is some sort of, and this is not the right way to frame this, but sometimes all you need to realize that you need to change something is to have something catastrophic happen and losing one of your higher level coaching like coaches because you did not adapt quick enough. It would mit- meet the definition of a catastrophic thing to happen that could make you reevaluate a change. Maybe this is the wake up call he needs. Maybe this is what Brian Harson needs to say, okay, I need to fully lean into NIL and understand that this is how I'm going to win football games. And I'm not going to win games without it. Right. Hope so.
2: Lindsey Crosby, our guest today. Today's show brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline is the best place on the internet to place your sports wagers, whether it was playoff action this past weekend or, of course, college basketball happening virtually every night. BetOnline.ag is the best place to dive in. When you make uh, your free account at BetOnline.ag and you make that first deposit, use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. It's also the new year. The new year means new year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit and healthy in 2022, Built Bar needs to be a part of your daily routine. It is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Heck, maybe even better than a candy bar. Most Built Bars contain just 130 calories with just four grams of sugar, four grams of carbs, but 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar. It's not even close. And also... It probably tastes better than a candy bar. So go to built.com, check out all the different flavors that they have. They're constantly rotating in and out new limited time flavors at built.com. Use promo code lock15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code lock15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, Lindsay, we got a few minutes left, but what do you think about? I must ask you a question. What do you think about the angle in regards to Derek Mason leaving and his? confidence level that okay if he goes and joins Gundy at Oklahoma State he's more likely to remain the head coach for the next several years than Harson at Auburn
0: see to me it feels like if you go to Oklahoma State over Auburn all things being equal there's a possibility that Oklahoma State opens up before Auburn does and that if you would ask what me you, that middle mean? of last season, that's what I would, because I would have thought, okay, Gundy's a little bit older. You know, Harson's a younger guy. Harson would be there longer. And then now you ask me that now, because when this stuff first started coming out with Oklahoma State, I'm thinking, okay, well, Gundy's been there a long time. I mean, he told us he was 40, what, 20 years ago? Right. I mean, yeah. he's, and so I could see you come in there. You are, you are the, the de facto coach in waiting. And then now that you mention it, I wonder if that's a, a way of, of Mason showing that he doesn't think Carson's going to work out. That's, um,
2: that's kind of the, the biggest talk that I've heard. And, you know, I, I don't think it's a big deal in regards to, you know, I, I think Schmetting's going to be good. I really do. I think Schmetting's going to be fine. But that chatter gets around, and it all goes back to recruiting, Lindsay. You know, if recruits hear that, and other coaches in the conference that Auburn's recruiting against are talking about that to the players, that messaging matters. And so for these kids, there's a big chunk of these kids that want to commit before their senior year starts. And obviously, you know, we've talked about it forever, but this 2023 class in the state of Alabama is crazy. It's ridiculous. Five stars all over the place, four stars, like every seven day school is just loaded with them. But the, The folks that want to commit before their senior season starts, that's a big deal because they haven't seen what Schmetting really brings to the table yet. And so I I don't know how you combat that if you're Harson or Auburn as a whole. I don't really know how you go up against that, but
0: I, I think that's, to me, that's the biggest concern in all of this. The only thing I think you could do when it came to something like that would be now that we're in the football off season and they're doing the tours around all the different Auburn groups is to let athletic director, Alan Green have a, you know, let him be heard expressing a vote of confidence doing one of those, you know, we yeah. understand he's, you know, he's got, you know, this is not a one year fix to be 10 and two and competing for the, you know, for the, for the conference. This is a two or a three year, some sort of quote like that. Um.
2: Yeah, we believe in the process that Coach Harson has in place.
0: Exactly, yeah. something like that. Uh, I must ask Alan you Green. This, you can
2: use that if you want.
0: Yes, feel free to use that. Yeah, Alan Green. It won't t- cost you anything except maybe a spare basketball ticket. Um, I must ask you this: Do you think that Auburn's new president, being as committed to athletics as he is, do you think that that's good or bad? For Brian Harson, given this new situation that we're in, of he needs to have a good 2022. Well,
2: anytime you get a new boss, you get nervous, right? Because they want their people in there. But does that impact Harson more? Does that impact Alan Green more? I mean, we've already heard, you know, the the rumblings that you know he he's like gets second or third, and, and you know, several different AD jobs throughout the country. so it's like, what is his level of commitment? Is the new president going to love that? So. Um, does it impact people? Absolutely. I I think it does. Um, is it a bad thing that that happens? I I don't think so. Um, I think he's going to ask for loyalty and, you know, demand it, you know, a a two-way street, which Mm -hmm. I think, you know, anytime you fire your coach or your AD, and and I'm not saying that either of these things are going to happen because I don't think they are, but anytime that happens, anytime you have to replace someone, very rarely do you take a step forward instantly? Like the whole the whole 2013 thing where you fire Chiswick and you hire Gus and you go to a natty, like that is, that is craziness. Like that doesn't happen in the real world. Um, and so I, I think that's why Gus was able to have like the success that he did despite running things the way that he did was because he didn't have to start over. Auburn got to kind of keep things, the, the good things going for eight seasons. So to me, you know, the, the new president's going to be like, if you're going to be the president of Auburn, you're intelligent for the most part. Um, just don't Stephen do, con- just please don't do contracts like Stephen Leith did that, that. Just please don't do that. Please don't do that. But, um, but yes, I, I, I do think it's going to matter. Don't you?
0: I, I do. I think that him being an Auburn guy, him being an internal hire, I think that that, gives a little bit more leeway to Brian Harson and to Alan Green because he knew what things were like before both of those guys were here. And I think you made a great point. I want to just kind of reemphasize this to people. Um, 2013 Auburn was not typical of what a transition into a new coach looks like. Nick Saban lost to ULM. (laughs) That is more emblematic of what a – of what a coaching transition is. And I think that Auburn people sometimes, I heard a lot of people say that before the season, they, they, they saw worst case was eight and four for 2021. And I'm like, I don't think you guys understand what worst case means. Um, I mean, this was six and seven, and this wasn't the worst case. This was, no, I mean, it, wasn't. it could have been even worse. Like, You, I, you I think, very well
2: could have lost in Baton Rouge.
0: Yes, you very well could have lost in Baton Rouge. You very well could not have come back against Georgia State. You, I mean it could have been worse and all so, this could have been healthy. Yeah, I mean, a lot of things could have changed. And so I think this upcoming season is important for Harson and I think that as much as we like to talk about when you're building a program, um, wins and losses don't matter. It's how you win and lose. I do think the perception if you have another losing record is going to be bad. I think.
2: Yes. And, you know, Alan Green went on the war report and talked about this and they, they asked him point blank. Like, you know, what went into the decision to raise all that money to fire Gus. And he talked about hope, you know, there was no hope around the program. And I just, once again, like, you know, our, our friends, you know, Justin Ferguson at the Auburn observer that he loves to talk about, like, there's gotta be proof of concept. And if there's no proof of concept in 2022, then like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think you do have to move on.
0: Yeah. And so it needs to look like you need to see the signs. And normally I would say that's all we have to look for in 2022, but I know the public perception and I know that we just finished. If you go, is that going six and seven? If you go seven and six, or if you go eight and five, I think you can have a season in 22 where it's just, does it look, it's proof of concept there. Cool. Let's go on to twenty two to twenty three.
2: Yeah, and you get but. you get your first five games at home next year. And I think your iffy games are at home. Like you're not going to beat Georgia or Bama next year anyway, I don't think, based on the you know the current state of things, unless you play out of your mind like you did in the Iron Bowl. But I think a lot of the toss up games are in Jordan hair. So you can totally talk your like this could totally be an eight and fourteen. In 2022 mm-hmm. if it all comes together and like i said i, I like the jeff schmetting thing and, you know i think austin davis makes a ton of sense the more you look into and talk about that guy it's like okay yeah cool this could be a home run type of move but still you got to recruit but if he goes eight and four or you know maybe he goes nine and three wouldn't that be awesome you got to think some recruits come with that and if Albert figures yeah. out the quarterback situation whether it's calzada or Finley, you know, whoever it is, and they're able to build a team around them and an offense around them and scheme guys open, you know, I, I think it could be fine. I really, really do. So, you know, I, I want to end this on a positive note just because we've been talking negative about the football program, but, you know, I, I think things will be okay. Um, it's just, you know, this is this is a big season. This is a big season, not only for Brian Harson, not only for Alan Green, not only for the new university president, but, you know, moving forward, like, this is a big deal for the program.
0: Yeah, you, you you didn't bring in uh, the Caleb Williams and the 3 offensive linemen and the wide receiver you wanted. But what you did before sp- um, spring s- semester is you gave yourself options at quarterback. Yep. You brought back enough offensive linemen who could have left, who did not have to come back. You brought enough of them back to give yourself options on the offensive line. I believe you have seven guys now with starting experience on the offensive line. You did everything you could on offense, defense. You got, you know some of the some of the big names wouldn't you know some of the big names to come back yeah you gave you know, all the papo right yeah on on defense and so you absolutely have if you do everything correctly you have the components here to make a run in 22 the, it, the only question is do you do it
2: Lindsay? how can people find you here you support you all that good stuff
0: Uh, You can subscribe to Locked on MLB Prospects wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. You can follow me on Twitter at Crosby Baseball, and check out the merch at AUshirts.com.
2: Yes, everything school shirts are up at AUshirts.com. Be sure to check that out. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn.